Welcome, folks. Welcome to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf. Before you go any further, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all those lovely places. It's Paddy Talks Golf. It's easy to find. I'm pretty original with the naming conventions. As ever, this show is presented by Seed Golf Ball. So head over to SeedGolf.com. What are seeds? Well, it's rhyming slang on tour for, you know, what seed you got, what ball you have in the bag. I play the seed twos. Perfect for the likes of me. Uh, play links golf. Think I'm a bit of a player, so it's a little bit softer. Um, especially useful for me, anyway. Um, I like to hit those Gavin Moynihan fizzy nippers in. Um, I played the odd one, but that's me. Also, the show is sponsored by Drew's Golf Apparel. They've been really good to me, and they're really good to everybody out there, too, with the quality of their goods, of their service, of their apparel, but also that price point they have, and the sales they do are phenomenal. So do check them out. This week's episode is with a gentleman, an absolute gentleman and someone I've had the pleasure to get to know over the past couple of years. First met him in a pro-am for the Irish Challenge that was played in Hedford New a couple of years ago. Met his dad, lovely man, lovely family. Um, you can see how nice he is when you meet his family. Um, and yeah, tracked him playing the Irish Open. We just missed out by a shot. And I say we, as by that stage, I was following him intently. Um, one of the hardest working players in the game um, that I can see anyhow the work rate, the mentality, his attitude towards golf, his passion, his life and his family is second to none. I will not waste any more time introducing the man, um, the soon-to-be legend. I think watch this man and watch this space in 2021 and beyond. This week we're chatting to Irish touring golfing professional Connor O'Rourke. Roll it there, Roisin. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What do you think of that? Welcome to this week's episode. I know this guy a couple of years at this stage. We've played golf, luckily for me, on a few occasions. Uh, a pro-am in uh, Hedford and around the island a couple months after it opened with the new changes. My first time around, it was epic. And it was great to see this man again in action, Connor O'Rourke. What is the crack, my guy? Hello, sir. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Hope all is well. Oh, all is well. Uh, so we're all in lockdown. Uh, I lasted nearly a year before I bought myself a golf net. It's en route. Uh, or by the time this goes out, hopefully I'll have smashed a few into it. Um, <laughs> your, yeah. year, your, your year was corrupted, changed in 2020 a fair bit. Could you, could you maybe uh, put a synopsis of 2020 for you? A lot, of things, a, lot of, a lot of parts of your life changed last year, I think. Yeah, lots, lots of my life changed, but in terms of golf and obviously my profession, it's been uh, it's been a different one. It's been challenging. Um, there's not many industries that haven't had challenges, I don't think. Um, yeah, lots of change, getting used to sitting at home a lot more, uh, having to, well, you're, you're lucky you've got a golf net coming, but I've seen a lot of guys involved with the sheets and I had a mattress there, one page in the back garden. Um, so yeah, at least you've got a neck coming. Eh? That, that, that's the that's, yeah, that's the rich man's job, I think. But yeah, no, it's, it's been different. We didn't obviously didn't really get to do what what it is I love to do. It, i.e. travel, compete, um, further your career. So 
think you just for me you just have to sit tight and do what you can do so that when we get to travel and do what, what I want to do again I'll be in the best position to do it so that's kind of the approach I've taken. Yeah it's a great outlook you have and I suppose one aspect that's definitely I learned a lot uh, about your good self uh, in 2020 was through that little like NACE almost fitness group you put together with your mates. Uh, how would you rate your fitness today versus your fitness last February then? Yeah, that's one thing I've definitely improved. I've had no excuse for so much time in the day to uh, to get to get it done. Yeah, it started out as just I was doing a little bit with um, with a sponsor of mine, uh, a man from Mace, uh, Roman Hulan, who owns um, Santiago Investment Advisors, and I just had a deal with him, and he was keen to see what it was a golfer did, and kind of just grew a bit from there. And there's a few of us on most mornings, and we had you know Manchibam with us and a couple of the guys from Team Ireland, and yeah, it was just. It's kind of just something that set up our days and it became almost like a routine. But yeah, since then I've continued to do my own thing. And yeah, I love it. It's routine and I think it's as good for my head as it is for anything else at the moment to have something you, you do each day and keep accountable with it. Yeah. And did you do your T like a TPI as well? Or yeah? Yeah, I did level one TPI. Uh, oh God, last within March or April. It's all, it all seems like the same month at this stage somewhere in the depths of the first lockdown when there wasn't really a whole lot going on. So, yeah, I did it just to learn, take it into my own golf, whatever I could, and then just to, yeah, keep busy and felt like I kind of had some idea of what I was doing when I came to the training, but, yeah. No, it was great. It was great, it was great like, to get an insight into, like, what happens outside of competition days for, for, like, a pro like yourself, you know. And the one takeaway I got was you have to be incredibly diligent, you know, in covering off those bases of mobility and fitness, you know, if, if you're looking to get those percent. So it was great insight. So thank you for that. We'll dig, we'll dig into you then, right? What's your, what is Conor O'Rourke's earliest memory of golf? Ooh, nice golf club. Um, probably playing, fortunate that my mum and dad both played, but I played a lot of golf with my uncle back when I was kind of, I'm going to say like eight, nine, ten, that sort of age. Um, he was a greenkeeper in the golf club, so as he finished work, I could go and join him and play and stuff. So I probably played more with him than uh, than my parents' early doors. Um, learned all my bad habits from him, so <laughs> I'm sure he'll get to listen at some stage so I can pin them all on him. I'm, what, 15 years trying to clean them up, so <laughs> early memories are good, but I definitely, uh, I definitely don't thank him for some of the habits I developed from watching them. Go on, give us one bad habit. Overswing. <laughs> I think that actually happened because I use these clubs which are too heavy to start with. So you think I'd have a lot more club head speed, but yeah, we're still working on that one as well. So. Deadly. So, so when did um, golf overtake hurling for the county town? Mm, sadly, uh, would have played a lot of games in hurling until kind of like nineteen, that sort of age. And then took a hiatus for a couple of years when I went to college and then went back at it again, played 21 when I was on the year. So I would have been, yeah, 20 and around that. Um, and then from then I haven't, unfortunately, haven't thrown on the boots in other than for a run with the lads and the friends. Um, yeah, it's something I miss. I always miss it. And every winter I'm kind of somewhat tempted to go and just go back and train with the lads or do something. But it's just a bit of a dodgy one if you... No stick work. I'd avoid the stick work. Yeah, I'd say I'd say you'd be well into like the running. I think like 
um fit for golf like mike in san francisco or in california is all into like sprinting like robbie cannon isn't like sprint 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 it's, it's yeah. the legs it's the legs um I, i'd say i'd say paul don't give you a run for your money over 100 meters uh yeah. <laughs> the size of them size for that guy um <laughs> but uh yeah like i didn't know about your hurling prowess because i played for an ace like b team uh for for a couple of years i would have come across kind of some mutual uh yeah. accomplices of ours like the o'hehers and the wheelers the wheelings and yeah. um i wouldn't have known about your hurling prowess until like the arch opens in the hinge in 2019 and of course i lived on the range the first few days the latter end of the week i, I spent in frawley's but um the the days you were down uh i think connor was caddying for you so i was like connor Con- yeah. Oh yeah, that's Conor Rupert. Conor's counting for the. Oh, he knows that. Perfect. And uh, I was talking to to Titch and Shaw Whelan about sure. sure. How, how do you know Conor? And it's like, ah, oh, sure, we're in the same class or whatever. And it was like, sure, Jay's by. He was. We stuck with the hurling. We should have. We should have stuck like with the golfing, like Conor did, and we'd all be minted, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Huh? I think. I think they all. They all think that just because they stopped golfing at that age, that they'd be really good now. But there's probably a reason why a lot of them stopped when they did. <laughs> So hurling was a little bit of an easier option, I think. Uh, I think, and and that's that's what some people, um, not so on the guys, but like people in general would say, oh, it's, you know, it's a handy number being being a golfer or a golf pro. And in fact, you know, if you're looking to be on the high performing elite side like yourself, there's 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 a number of factors and a, and a lot to take into account. Um, speaking of Lahinch, which I do sometimes on this podcast of mine, um, how did you how did you how did you find that week? I know it's a it's a while ago now. How did you find that week uh, with yeah. your Irish Open? Was that your first Irish Open experience or had you played one previously? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was because what happened a couple of years as amateurs, it, it tended to clash with uh, with European teams and stuff. So that was my first uh, first first look at it. And to be honest, it was probably the best one you'll ever get in that it was obviously a Rolex event on the course that we play most years in the south of Ireland and the course I just absolutely love. Um. My favorite golfing week by an absolute country mile today. Um, I love that today. Man. I love that. I love that today. There will be more. It won't yeah. be. Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was an incredible week. Like everything about it. Obviously, I went through the qualifier. So I qualified the weekend beforehand and got in on Sunday night, which was brilliant. I was due to go to uh, open qualifying final stage the same week. So I think that was on the Tuesday, maybe 36 holes. But decided to, uh, to give that a miss and obviously go down to the Hinch early on Monday just to soak it in and make the most of the week and yeah just what an incredible incredible golf course which I already knew probably hadn't seen it in that condition which is a treat but just the entire event was just it gives you a lot of hunger to want that week to be like your normal week that sort of feeling so yeah I learned, learned a huge amount didn't uh, didn't get the results I was kind of hoping for but I learned a huge amount about, about myself that week yeah, I remember I was pulling for I think we missed by one, which is which is like which is the 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 cutting the not the cutting saw, but like how close it can be at that level. But like even missing by one or whatever it was, did it tell you how close you are to that level? Yeah, no, it did definitely. Yeah. What what the thing that I liked about it was I felt really comfortable down there that week and that's something I didn't know how I would react until the Detroit have into it. I had them first. First tee box nerves, which to be honest, if you don't have the most weeks, there's something wrong with there. A little bit more amplified, uh, a bit more amplified that way. Thankfully, it's not the most intimidating opening tee shot. No, well, they had like that big blue, 
monitor TV box, like between the first and 18 fairways. Like yeah, if that yeah, was yeah. if that was me, I'd be like, I'm going straight to that bloody thing. I'm going straight into the box. <laughs> I, I just remember my only swing dot was just hit it as hard as you can. So yeah, thankfully I, I got off the first tee and ended up playing. I played quite well for both days. Just didn't have the didn't have the putter, which isn't uh, isn't something I can normally complain about. But yeah, that kind of was my Achilles heel that week. Not the case these days in terms of that putter is running sweet. I hear it these days. Um, Lehinch would remind me of a conversation we had that day in Hedford in the Pro for the Challenge Tour event uh, for the Irish Challenge. Um, around you, you hold from your amateur days a particular record for the South of Ireland, Lehinch. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, a funny record at that as well. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Go know on, Dave. Like, what, what's the record? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most titles are. <laughs> I'd prefer if it was like that. But yeah, I have a funny one. I won. Uh, I won a match against Thomas Mulligan uh, on the 27th hole. So, obviously, it was a ding-dong battle, ties up and down, one up, all square, one down, that sort of thing. Halved 18, and then we had nine extra playoff holes before. And then I just need the right side of it on the, well, the ninth hole, the ninth extra hole, yeah. So, yeah deadly. That was a long, a long day. I think in the afternoon, then, I might have played Rowan Lester as well, I'm pretty sure, which also went to 18, so... Um, yeah, that was. I definitely got my steps in that day. I can tell you. <laughs> what time did you finish? Eleven p.m. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually that was. If I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure that was my final, my last amateur event. Um, and obviously, I got, I got to the final. Was beaten by a guy that's done quite well since James Duker. He's done, he's done okay since. So. But he's done all right. Uh, a lot yeah. of the work. <laughs> right. but, uh, a gentleman and a good golfer. So yeah, we had a cracking battle as well. But. Uh, yeah, good, 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 and fun things always seem to happen in Lynch. On and off the golf course, it's a bit uh, of a fun town. Yeah, it's a fun place. It's a fun place. Uh, it's a great yeah. crash. Lynch as a town, it's a great crash. Yeah, for anyone like 13, 14 and above who's able to bind themselves anyway. Um, yeah, anyone, yeah. anyone older than 25 probably isn't able to mind themselves. It's probably not the best crest because there's too many distractions. Yeah. I've actually said that to friends of mine that are talking about going on golf holidays and golf trips, and I said, Obviously, you've got Scotland, which for me is the home of golf. But within Ireland, it reminds me of the same sort of vibe, especially the week of um, well, the Irish Open, where obviously the main street was closed off and stuff. It almost feels like the golf course is in the town. It's so close. And yeah, I guess that same sort of feel that everything within the town is just golf. And yeah, it's a fun place to find it. Yeah, it's mad. And like, it's something I've taken for granted my entire life, you know, that. That it is one big community, and like, like I took a photo of um, Cormac Charvin uh, behind his second shot into the second, and the backdrop is just the whole town. And it wasn't until I actually like physically took a photo, I was like, like man, and like, and I've always told the story of yeah. like caddying early in the morning, and you'd be you know teeing off at six forty-five with four Americans, Yanks, um, two bags each, and I give my bag to maybe Alan O'Brien or whoever was out with me that day, the other caddy. I say, right. You take care of him on the second green, and now we pop up to the shop and get us four breakfast rolls because they're only hundred meters away from Centra. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be back by the time we'd be on the third tee. Uh, so maybe that's done in the south of Ireland. Oh, Probably not. <laughs> All habits die hard. So that's how you, that's you find yourself with a dad going party. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, I suppose what. what what would you take from your amateur days on the Irish circuit 
um, and maybe you know, how that was run as part of Sport Ireland, Team Ireland, um, and the support you, you've gotten through to turning pro. Yeah, amazing, amazing memories like that. When you look back at the hinge, probably something when you're in it, you don't appreciate it as much for what it is. Um, having been fortunate enough to represent province and country as an amateur, yeah, something I'm really proud of. And I do love looking back on, even looking back through photos or memories or bits that come up on your social. It's really cool to look back. It almost feels like a different life almost. Cause, yeah, pro golf has been busy and different the last few years, but yeah, really, really proud to play for Ireland to have won two home internationals. Um, and then just the individual bits that I achieved on the way through as well were, were cool. But the highlight is is definitely playing for Ireland and playing with some of your best friends and beating the English two years in a row was pretty perfect. <laughs> that was good. Who put the ball in the England net, huh? But um, yeah. for you oh, then, when was... <laughs> For you, they kind of like when was the aha moment, or was a particular competitive event or tournament when you were like, "Yeah, this is for me. I'm going for it. I'm going pro." Yeah, it was a culmination of just the hard work that I'd done for a couple of years, feeding into improved results and better performances, and then playing better and bigger events, and kind of just. There, I wouldn't say there was one event where I was like, "Right, next week we're turning pro." It was just a culmination of seeing everything I was doing getting a bit better, seeing the results improve a bit, and then getting all the other bits in place as well in terms of support and how you're going to manage it and then obviously getting a card and somewhere somewhere to play and yeah there's there's a, there's a lot more to it than there is for for your amateur golfer as brilliant as it is you tend to just get yourself to the airport and then you just you kind of follow along and do do your week but just just organizing it all is, is quite different um so i wouldn't say is it, it a one week sort of thing made me want to something i always had in mind but then once i started performing properly to the level became a lot more achievable. Yeah, definitely. I, I suppose I've had this conversation with with people of an opinion. So like pretty much anyone you speak to uh, in golf or, or people would have an opinion. What I'm trying to say is, you know, they're talking about people who maybe recently turned pro or turned pro like a month before COVID and you can't like, you can't see the future. So you don't know when the best time is. So like current pandemic aside, right? If you were to look back even when you turned pro in terms of like a mini checklist like calendar wise in terms of when tours run euro pro challenge uh, clutch pro or, or even the challenge in european tour like is there an optimum time calendar wise to go yeah if i turn pro now it'll give me a good run until qualifying school can it work that way or is it in terms of yeah. get sponsors in a line and go for it yeah i'm not i'm not sure i think I got I got a bit of advice. I actually can't even. I think it might have been from Neil Manchin at the time, but it kind of stuck with me. Um, I think turning pro, firstly, it's definitely not something for everybody. It's not something you should do if you're not at the level simply. Um, kind of burst the ball and burst the dream of it, but it's not easy. And so, number one, the most important always is get your game ready. If your golf game isn't good enough, it doesn't matter if you have all the rest of the things in line, it's not going to work for you. So I think the best advice is to turn pro when you're playing your best. Um, there's not much point in going out there and trying to find a golf game. you got to always be trying to improve it and to make it better. That's just the pursuit. But I would always advise people, if you're thinking that way, to definitely turn pro when you're playing good golf. Because, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be a challenge otherwise to try to find your game out there. There's weeks when it doesn't feel good and you got to look for it a bit. But, yeah, you got to have quite a lot of game about you in the first place, I think. So 
not so much in terms of time. Obviously, ski school is always a September October time. If you can go to that as an amateur and get a car, that's that's the dream. That's the ideal. Um, but other than that, I think just get your game really, really good. Yeah, that's that's a prerequisite, I think, for 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 anyone who has it in their mind. Um, so for you then, since since that decision on turning pro, how has life on tour, maybe the first couple of years of your career would be more um, applicable than the last 14 months? Um, how is how is life on tour compared to like your expectations of it? I don't know. You, you don't really know what you're going to fall in for. Um, there's a bit of take the punches as they come and roll with and you've got to be mentally ready for that. It's, it's a different life. I love it. Um, I wouldn't change it for anything. Obviously, I'd change current position to accelerate things down the road a little bit, but that'll just come from ticking the boxes and doing doing your job correctly. Um, COVID has been a nightmare, slowed everything down, but as I said, it's start for everybody. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm at with it all. What impact has COVID been on this year's calendar? Because, or last year's calendar, even on this year's one, because me from the outside looking in, it looks like it's condensed everything, like from the top from the top down in terms of European Tour down. So there's less events being held. There's from European Tour to Challenge Tour, the purses are definitely smaller. Um, but then, like the entry list for same are like jam packed compared to maybe what they were eighteen months ago. For so for people looking to get the start and looking to get those few starts in you know in a line or play three out of six weeks or whatever, it looks incredibly tough. From someone who's trying to get eye into it like myself what's it like from you who who is in it and trying to plan out you know the next three months or a year or indeed the whole year yeah it's, it's different like events well take last year for example um guys that hadn't got full challenger category were obviously depending on invites and starts and opportunities fortunately enough i'm looked after and i'm part of sport ireland team ireland which is an amazing amazing support for me but with the way it works the events weren't uh, weren't available a lot of events being cancelled mean they couldn't trade their start, so we didn't really get any opportunities out there. Um, and even for guys that had had cards and full cards, I think they might have played somewhere in the region of, I'm going to guess, maybe mid-team, 12 events as opposed to in the 20. So um, then going down the ranks where, where a lot of us had planned on playing last year, Europro was completely cancelled. Um, before that, I played five or six mean events, which are great. That was due to be on again this time of the year. But it's put back now till March, so please God that will go ahead in March. Um, so just a lot of a lot of cancellations. Um, I think the, the priority was just to stay safe for people to not not be travelling. If you had an event, you could go. Because fortunately, we're we're categorised as elite sports people, we can travel around and, and play events. But for the most part, they were just cancelled, and there wasn't golf tournaments. Within Ireland, we were lucky. There was Team Ireland ran, I think, maybe four or five events or thirty-six whole events which kind of felt like a major, major championship event because there was nothing else to get ready for. So that was great. We had kind of maybe 10, 12 guys playing every every other week. Um, that was brilliant because it was something just to prepare for. The hardest thing for me right now is not having a date when you know you're going to get back at it, even if it was March 8th or whatever, at least if you had a target. Kind of something good to, to aim for and, and prepare everything for. So... They, they were great last year and um, I was fortunate I got to play a couple of couple of pro-ams here in, uh, in the Cape Club PGA event um, but yeah just, just it was just a case of make do with what you have and then other than that just kind of playing competitive games with friends and other fellow pros and try to stay ready and keep, keep playing because it wasn't, wasn't a huge amount 
elsewhere. Definitely. And some news I saw, it might be a couple of months ago now, is that you're now affiliated with the K Club in terms of being being their, their, their touring pro. How did that come about? And what does that mean for like a club or a course to be affiliated to a pro golfer? So how did it come about? And then what, what does it mean? Uh, it came about just recently. So the K Club was bought by a new owner last year. Um, and we've actually, myself and Amanda, the fiance, as it is now, I always say, girlfriend, I better be careful with that one. Uh, we moved yeah, for to the now. South and we got kind of, yeah, I know, yeah, kind of playing playing a lot more often down there um, and just got to know the new owner, Michael Federson, quite well. She's been incredibly supportive towards what it is I'm, I'm doing. Um, so it just came about through that, just playing golf with him, uh, his son, MJ, and things kind of just grew. So, yeah, he's thankfully and fortunately made me the tour and pro for this year. So it's great. It's, it's, it's a huge support for me. I get use of both golf courses, the gym, probably the best facilities within the country so yeah we've got the new indoor facility as well so yeah just just everything's under the one roof and kind of three minutes from where i'm living so three minutes from where you're living uh k golf world three minutes from where you're living huh i'm telling you um yeah, yeah. i think that'll be a happy hunting group for you will it you'll we'll see that. i'm i'm within range not right now because five kilometers that's i think it, i think it's like 12 or something away from where I am, yeah. so <laughs> not that I've Googled after it or anything, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting to know you over the last couple of years, like, and I've got to know you more, we'll say that than we'll say the other Irish pros, just because you're in Nason with the same kind of friends for about the town. Like, you come across one of the hardest working people I know because I was part of that WhatsApp group, and I was like, Yeah, I'll do, I'll, I'll do, I'll do those workouts after, and, and, I, and I might or I might not have, you know, and I consider myself pretty motivated person like work-wise definitely family-wise definitely it's like i've maybe more streams to my bow in terms of job and how to do this and being a dad and all that kind of yeah so but like you're able to fit it all in do you know what i mean in in particularly in a time when it's difficult to get off the couch for a start and you're there like driving for like driving forward and bringing your you know your 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 tribe, if you want, or, or the people you know, you're bringing them, which is like, where where does that diligence or like that motivation come from for you? Um, it comes from not being where I want to be right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, in, in order to get to where I want to be, I gotta put in the work. It's simple; you don't get anything otherwise. Um, and it's not just maybe when I was younger, I would have put in the work, but it was kind of just punching in hours. Whereas done quite a lot of good work with uh, a sign with a new management company last year and the performance manager his name is Duncan McCarthy I've done a lot of great work with Duncan um, and just just little things like each morning waking up with my coffee have my diary write down what it is I want to do for the day and then there's just a simple case of ticking that could be go for a run go for a walk go to the gym do your strength whatever it is but there's there's a list of things that I want to achieve each day um, that helped me a lot because Especially when there's so much hours in the day, like as you said, you've got you've got things to do, you've got your mind, you've, you've got your job, your hours to fill in, your work. Whereas for, for us, there's a lot of hours in the day, and if you're not if you're not punching them in correctly and kind of intelligently, it's, there's a lot of time being wasted there. I think so. Don't get me wrong, I'll still sit down, I'll watch the football tonight, and I'll enjoy putting my feet up. But there's a hell of a lot of hours to uh, to get things achieved during the day. So just try using the time as well as I can. 
but to get to yeah to, to get to where they want to go because I'm not there yet. So. Yeah, an interesting stat I saw, not stat, but like just in terms of people say I don't have time and it's something, a weakness of mine is trying to do everything, you know, instead of just mapping it out maybe like yeah. you do. But like 1% of your day is 15 minutes. And I'm saying, I'm telling my head, I need to do mobility, I need to do mobility. It's like, well, if I just take 1% of my day, I can do that in 15 minutes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a takeaway for, for, that you'll be mentioning as well. Um, in terms of back to golf then, right? And this is a question you might have to think. It might be from the South, it might be from the Irish Open, it might be from the Mina, it might be from the Hedford. The toughest shot you've had to hit under pressure and why? Hmm. Toughest shot I've had to hit under pressure? I have to actually think it's been so, so, so long ago since I've felt under pressure. Tiger Woods 2021 last week. Yeah, yeah, Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say St. Andrew's Links Trophy. Um, fortunate enough to win the event the same week, which kind of makes it stick out in my mind a bit more. Um, the 17th hole, which everybody knows, I'm sure, T shot around the corner over the edge of the hotel. Keep it up the left side, so good drive up the left side. Four second shot, right of the green, onto the road, as I'm sure a lot of people have seen before. But I was fortunate enough to kind of get on a bit of gravelly, concrete grass rather than complete concrete. Um, so I was all square with Sandy Scott from Scotland on the on the hike. Maybe we were both 12 or 13 under, but we were quite a few ahead of the next place. So it's almost a match play for the back nine. He was in the left bunker, which is not good. Couldn't, he's not the not tallest ideal. player here, but I not didn't ideal. Him. <laughs> I, mean, I was there on my visit. Oh yeah, I was on. I was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was on the kind of hard pan, so it was not the easiest shot when your nerves are jangling in the middle of it. But yeah, I had a lovely pitch to kind of five, six feet and rolled it in, and it was quite nice because I remember all the the Irish guys were there, and we were there with the, with the Boston Union that week, and I remember they were all there, and I remember when the foot was in just here. here and, I could hear certain voices really clearly just encouraging and shouting like, well, I'm going on and stuff. So I, I kind of just remember really well. So I'd say that pitch and push were the, the most nervous I've been, but then managed to pull them off. So gave you a bit of breathing space. You just make a fire on the last, which is nice. It's a big fairway. <laughs> it is a big fairway. Um, did you drive the green? No, nah, I just put it down, teed it down, heeled it out. Deadly. I can tell you. <laughs> Oh, it was downwind for me when I played for the three years ago. My one and only visit uh, won't be my last, but yeah, I was like a no. foot off the green, gutted. Wow, yeah, no, I never, I've actually, never it where, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like I ever got close to driving the green. I don't know for whatever reason, maybe I'm just not long enough, but swing speed, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might have just been your, your tale from the tour, but aside from that great story, would you have a particular? You know, a story that shines out from the others. It might be like a travel situation between flights like David Carey or, you know, something from the depths of beyond. Oh, God, on the spot. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can remember, I, can rem I haven't got anything really in mind, but I just remember having a flight back from a, from a amateur event, European Team Championships one year, I don't feel like there's a, a huge amount of sleep had. Um, for reason, I feel like we're up, up probably. Yeah, we're up probably. I can I can probably say this in a bit more confident teams. I'm not within the amateur space anymore. So, 
yeah, we were up a little bit later than we should have been. And I remember it was it was basically get in, get your bags and get back to the reception and find your find your way to the airport. But other than that, for the most part, what goes on tour must stay on tour. So I don't have a huge amount of dirt for you, unfortunately. That's all right. Um that's the end of trophy story stands up for the for, for for your vow of secrecy, don't worry. Um but I'll get it out of you when I, yeah. after after at the the Paddy Talks Invitational that we will hopefully have later this year. How's that? Um, quick fire Q and A or O'Rourke style, right? So take a take a swig of water and whatever comes to, to mind is the answer. Are you ready? Love it. Yeah, let's go. What would your walk on song be? Fight the tiger. Gym or pizza? Gym. You had to say that after the last 30 minutes of like motivation slash I was in the gym stock. Um, but pure pizza in Nace is the best, right? Yeah. It is the yeah. best. I've been to it. Hat visor or a Keelan Rafferty bucket hat? Oh, bucket hat. Nothing worse than the visors on that farm. Bucket hats are cool, yeah. Yeah, all day. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. Great. Lehinch or Port Marnock? Port Marnock for a golf course, Lehinch for an experience. Get off that fence. Walk or cart? Walk. Not a fan of cart. Win the Masters or win the Open? Win the Open. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Play or practice? Play. Absolutely. Deadly. And this is a bonus one, which I don't think I briefed you on, right? Uh, it's more like a storytelling one. So you've done your day, whether it be in the K-Club facilities, or running on the beach somewhere, or maybe it's pre-season with the county town that you're going to do uh, in the next couple of weeks. You finish your day, dinner this evening, you can bring six people. Okay, you're at the top of the table, three people down each side. Who are the six people, Connor? Oh, God. Six people. Okay. Uh, herself, Amanda. Um, Rory McElroy. <laughs> Rory. Yeah, safe. Safety first, Rory, yeah. Um, Conor McGregor, if you get inside the mind a little bit. Um, the Rock. Two to go. It's a good table so far. There'll be good whiskey at it anyway. There'll be good whiskey at it. There'll be good tequila at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a good fight as well. <laughs> There'll be a good fight after that. Down between the two boys. Yeah. Uh, two more. Um, probably my little bro. I'm sure he'd learn quite a bit as well. Yeah, little brother. Um, one more. Hmm. Maybe Cristiano Ronaldo. Great call. Great call. Yeah, sporting I know, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm interested in. Not not only with golf, but yeah. Connor, thanks a million for your time. Absolute gent as always. Looking forward to seeing you on the course. If not, well, you never know. Yeah. If protocols lift, I might see you in the gym some morning. Huh? That'd be some content. <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah. No, we'll uh, once once we can, we'll get we we'll get a few games over this way. Me and get a bit in in Kago. Absolutely savage. Did you get over when it was open? No, I, I failed to. I failed. A little nine month old got in the way. It generally fills my evenings, but um, yeah. we'll have to work from home a bit more. We'll get some time up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll arrange it. Yeah, I think I think when it opened, it was it was jammed because they only had four to seven or eight bays open for social distancing and whatnot. So I think it was quite busy to get a slot anyway. But yeah, we must arrange that once uh, once things lift a little bit. Absolutely. Well, thanks very much for your time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks so much. Brilliant. Thanks, buddy.
another week, another episode. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed speaking with Conor O'Rourke. I hope you all learned a bit more about him, what he is about, and look forward to tracking his progress throughout 2021 and into next year. I'll be keeping an eye out for him, especially for the Irish Challenge in Port Marnock Links, which was recently announced, and hopefully we'll get to see him play Mount Juliet as well in this year's Irish Open. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave a review uh, where you can, where you listen to this episode, so Apple Podcasts, ideally. Um, Also, if you want to hear, see, like, comment on other content I try and put out there, hit me up on Instagram at Paddy Talks Golf or Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is making a comeback as well. Join the timesheet at paddygolf.com. Why, says I, well, I barely ever send out a message, but I do pick a monthly winner from the people who have signed up. So join the timesheet over there. It's also where I post the podcast. So if you don't know where to find these podcasts and if you have stumbled across this one by accident, well, thank you. Thank you for still listening. Um, the outros aren't always as long as this but if you do happen to have stumbled across this one and you don't know where to listen to the next one um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts but also it's hosted on paddygolf.com you can join the time to there as well we'll be looking to update and restructure the website um, to bring to you hat visors and the odd bucket hat maybe some tees and stickers Yardage books. People are a big fan of the yardage books. They'll be making a comeback as well. That's enough plugging for one week, I think. I look forward to pressing record again for you all. And see you all next week, Wednesday, maybe Thursday, if work gets in the way a little bit more. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy. Paddy.